Luke, what a week it was. We saw some incredible games over the weekend. And we start, of course, with the early kickoff on Saturday night. Liverpool versus Watford. Shift by Watford. And it was uh, really good to see Nigel Pearson almost reforming the club overnight. Yeah, it was interesting for Nigel Pearson coming into his, his um, you know, that, that game because there was a lot of pressure on him, especially considering that they've had two managers this season, Watford. Um, pretty nasty injury to one of your key players there, Luke. What can, you, what can you tell me about that? I wouldn't say nasty, more just a muscle injury. It looked like hamstring that will keep him out for a couple of weeks. However, he was announced in the Club World Cup squad that he has departed for Qatar. So we'll see if he will make an appearance in that. Yeah, well, that's, um, that's obviously going to be a, a big talking point for the rest of the season. Obviously, Liverpool now competing on multiple fronts. Um, they've got quite a significant lead at the moment, considering, you know, where where we are into this season and, um, you know, Christmas is just around the corner. Um, what are your thoughts, Luke? Are you quietly confident or you're, you're pretty confident now to take it home and say that the title's yours? I've had too much heartbreak to say that I'm confident. It's a long way to go. We're not even halfway through the season. And I think in Man City's eyes, in Leicester's eyes, they won't be writing themselves off. Yeah, no, definitely not. Um, obviously, the game was, was marred by the two fantastic goals by Mohamed Salah. Seems to be back in form at the moment, scoring some wonderful goals. Um, what else did you notice from this game that really stood out, Luke? Well, it was just nice to see from a Liverpool's perspective, Salah scoring goals and, and being confident again. You know, he backed it up following his goal against Salzburg, but I'll, I have to admit that he missed quite a few chances and he finished the hardest chance of the game. And again, against Watford, he could have had a couple more potential chances, but uh, it was good to see him get the double and it was a nice finish at the end with the uh, little back heel off a uh, miss hit by Divock Origi. Mm. There we go. Always a happy Liverpool fan at this time of year. Um, what was the other game? Leicester versus Norwich. I mean, that was you were probably loving Norwich after that game, weren't you, Luke? It was, um, yeah, it was pretty interesting to see that you know Leicester. I think what what nine in a row or something, um, or hadn't lost a game in nine or drawn a game in nine, and and then Norwich out of nowhere has, has scored that goal. Yeah, Norwich and Timu Puki have done Liverpool fans a couple of favours this season already and we're, we're not even halfway through. But look, the run had to come to an end for Leicester and um, surprisingly it came to Norwich at home. Yeah, it always seems that way. I mean, another one that we're looking at was uh, Chelsea and Bournemouth and we spoke last week about the fact that both teams really needed to try and get a win out of this game and I think I had them down as a 1-1 draw but... Um, Bournemouth had just come back from, what, five losses in a row. Chelsea's now lost four out of three, if you consider the, this result. And, and Bournemouth came away with a 1-0 win. So, you know, is this? do you think this is probably the stage for someone like Fran Lampard to push the panic button? I wouldn't say panic button, but it goes to show you that the young kids don't have the experience, don't have the fitness to continue performing like they have at the beginning of the season. It's evident that there needs to be a bit of recruitment, particularly defensively, and potentially another striker to help out Tammy Abraham up front because it's unfair on him, a 21-year-old striker, to be carrying so much 
of a you know heavy load in, in terms of trying to deliver goals and Mason Mount's dropped off himself so you know where are the goals going to come from it looks mm. like it's going to have to come in the transfer window yeah well I mean you know if you are Frank Lampard right now the, the transfer window opens up in a couple of weeks who would you be targeting at this stage well obviously there's a lot of talk in terms of attackers Haaland there's a lot of clubs after him I'm not sure Chelsea are a real uh, name contender to, to, to get his name. But look, if you're not going to go for the Haaland's of the world, there's Jaden Sancho, who's seems like he's pretty keen to leave Borussia Dortmund. And I think that there's a, definitely a winger spot available at Chelsea. Williams not necessarily delivering. Pulisic has been on and off. I definitely feel like there needs to be some competition in that front three, and I think Jaden Sancho is the perfect signing for them. Yeah, de- absolutely, and I, I think there's obviously um, a few key targets out there that Chelsea will be looking at, but you're absolutely right. I think they've been pretty fortunate throughout the season with their young players, and it's not to say you know that they're not capable. Um, it's just that, obviously, it's the Premier League. It's very, very competitive, and... Some of these players are just going to need time to mature and be able to play out an entire season. So it's a, it's sort of a good problem for Lampard to have now because once he gets those key signings in place, um, it, it really elevates the standards at the squad at the moment and, and you're going to see some fantastic things come out of them. But we won't linger too much around Chelsea. Uh, let's move on to the next game, which was United and Everton. Um, and, you know, my boys United seemed like in the opening 10 minutes that, that they were probably the best team in the Premier League if you didn't know where they sat on the ladder. We had three crystal clear chances really early on and we managed to uh, squander all of them. I think that's a bit of a summary on United in a nutshell is that they don't seem to be that clinical uh, once they get into the final third and and you look at the quality around Rashford and Martial and you'd think, you know, one of these guys has to be able to bury these goals and these chances. But Unfortunately, it wasn't to be. Everton came back and, and scored a, a really good goal to make it 1-0 um, and took control of the game for, for a set duration. And it was funny because Mason Greenwood was the one who came on and, and scored a goal. It's just a natural finisher. Um, locked the game at 1-1. United really didn't have much more to throw at Everton. So, I don't know. As a neutral, Luke, you looking at this, would you say that this was a good result for United or a good result for Everton? Look, I think it's neutral. Both teams get a point. Relatively tough fixture with Everton coming off a very solid victory against Chelsea under their new manager, interim. But looking more and more like he's potentially going to take the gig. Uh, Yeah, but Manchester United really dominated the statistics. Um, They did look the better side, that's for sure. But once again, it's a very similar dilemma to Chelsea in terms of you can't put so much weight on the shoulders of such a young kid. Now, I know Mason Greenwood ended up scoring, but I'm talking about Rashford here. He definitely needs a couple of attackers to compliment him up front because it's just unfair on him at such a young age. And you look at the Michael Owens of the world and, and look what all that pressure and all that you know game time did to him and injured him and, and, and stopped him from reaching his full potential. Uh, I fear that if these big clubs keep putting such big pressure on these young players, uh, that could be a similar outcome for them too. Yeah, absolutely. And let's not forget, Michael Owen did reach his potential by winning a Premier League title with Manchester United, the only one of his career. And finally, City versus Arsenal. Um, 
really, I mean, if you're an Arsenal fan right now, you're probably thinking, you know, well, this is a um, monumental task to try and get back up with the big tore them apart and um, Kevin De Bruyne wow I've actually lost for words around how to describe his performance in this game but he was everywhere he played the entire duration uh, two goals and an assist in a 3-0 result Luke I'm sure you watched the game mates Um, you know what happened at Arsenal what's going on there that is a very good question but to be completely honest, I don't think they actually have the players. Now, they've gone out and spent 70-odd million for Nicolas Pepe. I really struggle to see how they justify paying that much for him. Obviously, Aubameyang there is class, but he seems to be the only one that can provide any chances. You look at that team from top to bottom and you really question the quality there. They're not you know, then they're not a top team in my opinion. And not only do they need a new manager, they need a whole bunch of new players. But like you said, Kevin De Bruyne was the star of the show. He was a bit quiet last couple of weeks, but uh, it goes to show you that if Kevin De Bruyne is performing, Man City are performing. Yeah, look, let's just be real, Luke, mate. Pepe sucks, right? He's shit. Absolutely. He's- He's made. He's honestly. They've paid all this money for him. He's meant to be a superstar, um, and he's done absolutely fuck all. You know. So, it. Uh, mate. Honestly, I reckon Arsenal's just got so much work to rebuild this club, and and it's going to take him years to to get back in there if they can get back in there. Because let's be real. You look at the Premier League now, man. A lot of players. Um, sorry, a lot of clubs are being bought out by billionaires all over. The, everyone wants a piece of the Premier League. Um, you know. Sheffield United's up there and Sheffield don't even have any investment but you keep your eye on the clubs like Wolves, Leicester, uh, Tottenham, etc. It's not like football was 10 years ago when you had this top four and no one else around it. It is a highly competitive league now and I don't think Arsenal can keep up with the big boys so they're probably going to need some radical changes. Um, but yeah, City were amazing. That, that was awesome. All right, let's move on now to the highlights of the round. My highlight of the round is, of course, Kevin De Bruyne. Um, I, I absolutely hate City to death. They're an absolute piece of shit club. But man, can this boy play. God damn, man. I was watching him just thinking to myself, how on earth did Chelsea let this boy go? He is probably the most quality footballer in the entire Premier League. And I'm really happy to stand on that because, wow, really just wow. I I don't know what else to say about him. Luke, what was your highlight of the round? Uh, For me, I'm going to go to a game at the same time. That was the Tottenham versus Wolves game. Uh, Tottenham pulled off a very impressive result to grab the three points away. Um, And once again, it was a late goal that decided it for the... uh, the boys managed by Mourinho. He's definitely instilling a lot of resilience and confidence in that side, which we definitely didn't see under Pochettino in the early stages of the season. So, um, yeah, Tottenham, Jan Vertonghen, they have my vote this week. Yeah, it's a good vote. Low light of the round. Here's my low light. This is absolutely pathetic, and I really think Duncan Ferguson's the stupidest human being on earth. Moise Keane is a teenager who's come from Juventus. He's one of the most talented footballers in the world. 
He subs him on and 20 minutes later subs him off. And uh, I honestly, in all of the three years that I've been watching Premier League, I've never seen it. And I think it's an absolute piss take. Um, that's my low light of the round. And I think if Moise Keane has a decent agent, a decent manager out there, um, they need to get him out of that club ASAP because, you know, he's going through those critical years now where he, he needs to be developed and nurtured and someone needs to put their arm around him and tell him he's one of the best footballers on earth and instead you're getting this shit. So, yeah, shame on you, Everton. Shame on you, Duncan Ferguson. Give Moise Keane a chance. Luke, and I think, what I think shame on Juventus for getting rid of him. He's clearly a quality player. I know they have a buyback clause on him, but... Yeah, that's because you know. Sarri's a wanker, let's be real. It's a fair call. No, mate, we all know it. Sarri's a dickhead. Why, why, yeah. Who would sell Moise Keane? Let's be real. It's just a dumb. It's it's nearly as dumb as Mourinho selling Salah because he, he had an he, I don't know they probably had a ego clash of some sort. Nearly just, as dumb as selling Kevin De Bruyne. Mate, there we go. There's another one as well. It's just absolutely ridiculous. But yeah, you're right. Juventus. Are, I think I was sorry. I think they made a huge, huge mistake with that. But yeah, what was your low light of the round, Lukey? Look, my low light of the round has to be VAR. As a Liverpool fan, we cop a lot of stick about VAR. But I truly believe that Mane's goal yeah, was in mate, fact onside. Yeah, mate, no one cares. I'm cutting you off. You're not doing this. <laughs> I'm not going to let you hijack this show talking about Liverpool because, you know, you can blame the past 30 years on whatever you want. You're not blaming this season on the VAR. Let's talk about controversy while we're at it. That's a really good segue. A <laughs> 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 Controversy. Um, oh, well, I can't really do this segment now because you've talked about <laughs> something controversial and I'm trying to cut you off. Uh, <laughs> let's see, controversy. Luke, mate, you go on and have your rant while I think about what I saw this week. Look, there's not much to say, really. Mane was on side for his well-taken finish, well-taken header. Cost me a couple of fantasy points, so I'm a bit <laughs> salty about that. But, you know, at least Kevin De Bruyne filled the void for me this week. It's funny, you know, one of the boys in our comp ended up on like 102 points this week. And, I think... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a tool. We've got a fantasy segment coming up in this show, so I'll talk a little bit more about it then. But, but don't listen to what I say. I, I play triple captain and pick Mane. And, um, yeah, wow, what an absolute disaster that was. So don't take any tips off me. Um, oof, controversy for the round. I'm just trying to think what I saw that... We was... did have the controversy in the Leicester game. Oh, we... yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't you tell us about that, Luke? Because I, I think I just passed out at that stage, but I'm going to pretend like I watched it go on. <laughs> well, obviously, Kelechi and Nacho performed a bit of poor sportsmanship by um, instead of playing the ball back after an injury, he took the ball on himself and he tried to score the goal, um, winning a foul and then eventually leading to a brawl. And then 10 minutes later, Brendan Rodgers subbed him off for Damari Gray. So a bit of poor sportsmanship there. Don't know what was going through the youngster's head. But um, yeah, it just wasn't a good night for Leicester in general. Yeah, no, absolutely. All right, well, that's that's, uh, time for us to take a quick commercial break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after these messages. Do you suffer from premature ejaculation? Do you suffer from erection problems? You need Viagra. Speak to your pharmacist today. 
And welcome back to Wogballers, a show where a wog and another wog talk shit about the Premier League for about half an hour, or until about you get bored of us and just turn off this crappy podcast. And most likely up, already. Yeah, yeah. Most likely it's literally just you and me having a chat right now, Luke. No one really gives a fuck about this, so What's let's new? just keep talking because um, we're going to preview the games this week, and we're not going to go through all of them because obviously we can't be fucked. But let's talk about four really important games. Um, obviously, there's no Liverpool this week. And Luke, do you want to tell everyone why there's no Liverpool this week? Because we're the champions of Europe and we get to play in the Club World Cup. Yep. Right. That's thank great. you. All right. Maybe shouldn't have just given you the mic there, but that's all good. <laughs> um, all right. We'll start off with Everton versus Arsenal. Um, I don't think I've ever been... What, how, how can I explain this? I have not been as... Um, I, I honestly don't even know how to word it, but I'm just not excited for this game at all. Unenthusiastic? Unenthusiastic, thank you. You know what? This is why I was put into the ESL class back at school, because I just don't know how to pick my words correctly. But thank you, Luke. You're slightly less woggy than me, so thanks for bailing me out. <laughs> Absolutely unenthusiastic about this game, Everton versus Arsenal. Everton sort of... Um, just, uh, you know, stringing together half-decent performances right now while they're going through this transition period. There's a few rumours around who might take over, but I don't think whoever takes over will uh, be in that position before this weekend. I don't think they'll be able to instill anything before this weekend. So um, it's really... It's a game of two clubs in transition. Arsenal have been absolutely dreadful. They're away from home. Uh, they're not going to take well to that environment at Goodison Park. I mean, we all know how rough Scousers can be. They're, they're basically all on the dole and they don't have much teeth. <laughs> so, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I reckon we'll get sued for having that in the show. I'll probably. Okay. <laughs> I'm only kidding. That was a joke, you Scousers. Before you light up your, your 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 torches and chase me down the road with your pitchforks, just settle down, right? Um, Lukey, Everton versus Arsenal, what are your thoughts? Yeah, really uninspiring there. It's a game that's seen Arsenal really being successful, but the last result between the two, we saw Everton grab the win at Goodison. Um, it will be interesting to see what happens, but I really think Everton at home will just nab it, just purely because of the home advantage, not necessarily because one team is playing better than the other. Yeah, it's really interesting because we usually look back at previous results and use that as an indication, but this is such a unique circumstance because we're talking about two clubs that are in disarray at the moment. Arsenal is not the Arsenal under Arsene Wenger, nor are they the Arsenal under Unai Emre. They are just a club trying to figure out who they are, what style they're playing, who their best eleven is. And unfortunately for Everton, they've been... You know, they've been going through quite a few managers over the past few seasons um, that they don't really have a good legacy that we can look back at previous results and say, this is the same club that performed before. Um, so, you know, it's up in the air. I agree with you, Luke. I reckon Everton will, will probably get the three points off the back of just being at home. Um, yeah. And that will be it. I really don't see too much going, you know, um, well for both of these clubs. So anyway, we'll move on from that crappy game. And let's talk about a really important game of the round. It's Manchester City versus Leicester. Um, wow, this one's going to be huge, Lukey. What, what do you think? 
Super exciting. Um, again, if you look at history, it's a fixture that Man City have generally dominated um, in, in recent history, rather. But to be honest, it's a very different Leicester team to, team to what we've seen in the last two years. And obviously, a lot more quality. Jamie Vardy really hitting form, but it is at the Etihad. Um, from a Liverpool perspective, I'll definitely take a draw, but I just think Man City is going to be too strong, especially after how De Bruyne played yesterday. Uh, well, Luke, let's be real. You and I know practically nothing about football tactics, right? But let's just yeah. pretend that we were the manager for a day of either of these clubs, right? So let's play a funny scenario. I'm going to pretend to be the Leicester manager and you can pretend to be the City manager, right? What would you do as a City manager to neutralise that attack, that really quick-paced counter-attack um, that Jamie Vardy possesses? Well, I think if you play Rodri as his Fernandinho played last year and essentially shut out James Madison. That's a lot of firepower that's not really being given to Jamie Vardy. Now, Jamie Vardy can do anything on his own, but if you shut out the supply, maybe have Fernandinho man-marking Jamie Vardy. That, look, I can't see them scoring any other way than through those two channels. So that's really the focal point, um, just really blocking those two attackers out of the game. Yeah, that's a fair point. And, and Luke, why don't you ask me a tactical question about Leicester? Okay. Um, what remember, tactics right, I, I remember you I'm use the Leicester manager, Leicester. yeah? Yeah, okay. What, what tactics would you use as the Leicester manager to nullify Man City? Yeah, what do you mean nullify Man City? Just nullify Man City in general, or well, null- nullify them enough that you score more goals than them. All right. This is why I'm not a manager, Luke, because I actually don't know how to answer that. Do you know? I honestly, don't think no, many people do. You know, do. do you know what I do? I, I'd, I'd, I'd press them really, really, really hard. I'd get ultra physical with them. I'd I'd be telling the boys to cop a few yellow cards if need be. And then what I'd do is I would overrun their defense to get players like Fernandinho off Jamie Vardy because Jamie Vardy needs a sniff of the ball. And I know that City's probably going to play someone like Fernandinho man-marking him and then someone covering him behind. And remember, they're missing a lot of their key defenders, so this isn't going to be an easy task. But Mm -hmm. I would play... um, you know, Damari Gray and, and uh, I don't know, someone else out wide and, and start to compress them to get a run in into the sort of into the box and, and making um, similar to what Mane and Salah do with Bobby Firmino. I'll try to get that sort of combination run in just to really put City's defense under pressure. And, and all you need is that one chance. You've got 90 minutes. Um, if you can get the, the City players sort of crossing over each other and and take your eye off Jamie Vardy for just that split second and someone plays in the right ball, I, he only needs half a chance. I think you get one goal, you keep pressing them hard and you just sort of hold that. Because let's be real, one thing that Brendan Rodgers has done really well for this Leicester side is he's brought in world-class defence. Um, and that's not by personnel, I just mean the, the way that they're playing, the way that they're keeping um, teams at very, very low scoring opportunities against their defenders, has been magnificent and I don't think it's going to be any different against City I think City would only score maybe you know one to two goals absolutely maximum against Leicester 
Um, and I think Leicester then's got to take as much of the opportunity as possible. No, so, I, I, I definitely agree there. Um, I don't care whether you agree with me or not, Luke. I wasn't asking for your validation. <laughs> so let's move on to the next game. It's Chelsea versus Spurs. Um, we talked about Lampard earlier, saying he might, you know, he might be in a crisis. He might not be. But mate, this is, you know what? This is a headline act because um, old boy Jose gets to come back to Stamford Bridge, and you know his protege, the, the his apprentice, the absolute legend Frank Lampard is there. Um, mate, this is this is just perfect for headlines, isn't it, Luke? Mate, I tell you what, I've never been so keen for a Premier League round, despite Liverpool not playing. Um, it definitely is a headline game. Even when you got City versus Leicester playing each other, second versus third, I definitely feel like this is the match of the round, just purely for the almost uh, drama of it all. Um, yeah, Mourinho, Lampard, what more do we need to say? Well, all right, if, if it's Anik and Skywalker versus Darth, well, I just screwed that one up, didn't I? I said Anakin. <laughs> Anakin Skywalker versus Obi-Wan Kenobi, right? <laughs> Who's going to win? Uh, well, we saw we saw uh, Obi-Wan. Obviously, uh, he, he won and then lost, so... That's the way, Luke. Sit on the fence, buddy. Let's say, <laughs> let's say, draw. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, man! You got, you got to do better than that. I mean, Lamps oh. is under a bit of pressure. He's at home. The crowd's going to be right behind his side, and he's got a point to prove against the against his master, Jose. And Jose's got a point to prove as well because he's bringing his Spurs side into Stamford Bridge, um, and and he, he's going to want to, um, you know, show the crowd who really turned on him when he became the United boss. He wants to show them that, you know, he's still the man. So, yeah, no, I agree. I think there's a very similar element to like a derby match. Obviously, it's a, it's a, it's a North London derby or London derby, um, but it's there definitely has that derby element. So you can't really look at form. You can't really look at, yeah, um, players on paper. It's just a matter of who wants to win it more, just like any other derby. And I think... Yeah. I have a feeling that, you know, Tottenham can probably get this one done, especially at um, White Hart Lane. Yeah, well, first of all, Luke, uh, for those of you studying geography, don't listen to Luke because it's not in White Hart Lane number... Oh, wait, it is at White Hart Lane. Sorry, (laughs) my bad. Uh, Well, I just royally fucked that because what I was going to say is that, you know, you've got no idea how well, far no. apart these two clubs are because Chelsea's nowhere near North London but yep. either way Luke can you just give us a result mate is it you know if someone has to win who's it going to be and why Tottenham win purely because of Sun okay that's the way well done I've got um, I honestly I, I'm just like you Luke I can't even pick it I'm going to yeah, go Chelsea 1-0 I'm just going to, I just think just Tammy Abraham's going to score one right really, really late on. Um, I can't pick it. I, you know how wrong I'm going to be about this result. I, I'm shit at fantasy football and I'm shit at picking results. <laughs> just like a re- triple, triple captain Mane. <laughs> yeah, triple captain Mane. Uh, you know what? This could potentially be a very high scoring game as well because let's be real, Chelsea's defense has been very average recently. I think both um, defences have been average. Yeah, yeah. David, David and Sanchez um, and Aurier haven't been 
fantastic defensively. Though I'll give Ori a lot of credit for the way he's been playing attacking um, football recently. But yeah, defensively, they've got a few issues. But you know what? Regardless, I think it's going to be a really entertaining game. And if you're not working on the um, on the Monday morning for whatever reason, obviously Christmas is coming up. So if you finish work and, and you're not working the Monday, set your alarm at 3.30, get up and watch this game because um, it's definitely worth it. And, and we'll just finish off on the last game, Luke. Manchester United versus Watford. I think this is a key battle for relegation here between these two <laughs> dog shit clubs. Um, <laughs> I don't, you know, what do we do? Is, is you know, if you're Ollie, you're playing Watford, right? Let, and let, look, no disrespect to Watford. When you go through three managers and it's not even halfway through the season, you're at crisis point, right? And Watford's at crisis point. Any club in the Premier League going up against Watford would be licking their lips, thinking. This is a time to set some records and to score some goals. What do you do if you're at United and you don't know how to score an open goal? Um, you dip into the transfer window, but in the shorter term, I actually think that following Watford's performance against Liverpool, I definitely feel like they will put up a very good battle. Um, honestly, Watford could have scored a couple of goals against Liverpool, but they just fluffed their lines. I think Saar and Decore had relatively easy chances on the cutback and they just completely scuffed the shot so I think that Watford could actually do some damage and we've seen we've seen your United in the past they just they just whenever they play the big teams they obviously show up and when they do these trips to Vicarage Road and whatnot they just don't show up and yeah I think that it could be a draw yourself yeah look I'll probably pick a draw as well I think maybe 1-1 um you know what I'd do if I was Ollie? I'd, I'd just play, I'd play Mason Greenwood up front with um, with Martial. I'd play yep, like a yep. traditional four four two system, and just let them two link up and see what they can do because um, the system they're playing at the moment isn't working that well. I think Rashford and Martial still don't have. Uh, the right synergy with the current formation. I think there needs to be a bit of shake-up. And I'm a huge fan of 4-4-2, obviously being a big Sir Alex Ferguson um, fan and, and mm-hmm. watching his team over the years. Mason Greenwood's just clinical. He's natural. He knows how to score. I'd start throwing him in there. And we know Martial's class, but I'd, I'd throw him in there now and, and just see how those two can work together in something like a 4-4-2 system. But, who, you know, I'm just a dinosaur. What would I know? Um... Yeah, so that's yep. that's uh, pretty much it for the previews. We're not going to go through the rest of the games because we can't be fucked. Um, and now we're going to talk about fantasy football. Luke, you did pretty well over the weekend. Um, what are your tips for this week? Oh, my tips for this week. There's a lot of, obviously, tough matches and a lot of key players will be up against some pretty tough teams. But honestly, stick to De Bruyne as your captain if you don't have him in. Bring him in. Um it's 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 a the Man City Leicester game is a game for big moments from big players, and I just think that Kevin De Bruyne, regardless of the fixture, don't be scared to captain him. Captain him, I think he's going to be the POD of the week. Yourself? Yeah. Well, look, this is why I think you're a fucking idiot. Um, but even though you're coming first in the comp and I'm coming fourth, um, <laughs> I've actually gone all out and bought three United players, and I think I've made uh, Martial. A terrible mistake. Captain. No. Yeah. Okay. You know what? I mean, look, Liverpool's not playing, so I've sold all my Liverpool players. But I really think, you know, any t- any club playing Watford is going to score goals. 
that's the way I see it, right? Now, whether United do it or not, we're going to find out. And, and let me tell you, if I get this fantasy week wrong, I'm done, Lukey. I will probably drop to eighth position. I'll probably hang up my boots and just focus on the podcast so that the four listeners we have out there can actually get some more entertainment. Um, and now, continue getting fantasy tips wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the way. We've got a... We've got to pick our tool of the week and our man of the match. So, well, hang on. Didn't we do this earlier? Didn't we talk about a highlight of the round? And We just made it our own players. We made it players rather than teams. So, yeah, yeah we've kind of done it already. We've already done it. Like, let me just delete that from the run sheet. That's just stupid. I don't even know who the fuck wrote this crap. Um, yeah, he's an idiot, obviously. So he's, Obviously, he's clearly got, like, one testicle. Um, all right, <laughs> let's talk about some random headlines. Um, Because this is where the fun happens in the show, where we're not talking just about um, the results. We're talking more about the bullshit that's out there making the tabloids some money or entertaining the rest of the world. First one. Well, we've already spoken about this, but Liverpool's on a break. Uh, They're playing in another competition. Luke, is this a good thing or is this a bad thing for Liverpool, considering it's a long season, they're competing on multiple fronts, how many trophies are they realistically aiming for? And is this one is this one important in the grand scheme of things? No, it's definitely important from a Liverpool perspective. They've never won this tournament. Uh, it's, a, it's a major trophy at the end of the day. Like, I know it's not the toughest teams, but it is a major trophy. I say go all out, win it. It would just do th- it would just do wonders for the um, t- for the confidence of the team, and just you know, hopefully, no injuries. Yeah, I mean, it would really suck to lose to a team from Antarctica, wouldn't it? Because this is such a major... <laughs> uh, you sound like yeah. Jose Mourinho there. It's a major trophy, just like the Community Shield was <laughs> one, one season and then the next it wasn't. Um, here's another big headline from the week. Apparently, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has had a conversation with um, uh, Haaland. And, uh, you know, if you read into it, apparently Haaland said to him, he's already made up his mind around where he's going. Now, if you read into that the right way, he's sort of saying that he's going to United uh, because he's actually sat down with Oli and they had a really long conversation about things. So, you know, what, what are your thoughts on this, Luke? Am I, am I just one of those over-optimistic United people who gets carried away with these headlines and then we sign these players and they never score a goal? You know, what's going on? Well, he's clearly quality, so... Um, I think he'll make the right decision and he won't sign for United. <laughs> That's what I think. Yeah. It'd be a bit crazy if he goes there now, but you know, you never know. Um, another big headline throughout the week, Jurgen Klopp signs a, what, five-year contract, I think, to keep him at to 2024. Um, That's correct. You know, an yeah. absolute disaster if you're a Liverpool fan. I, I bet you can't wait to see the, you know, the back of him. But Luke, I bet oh. you're pretty gutted right now. Oh, I was so gutted. Um yeah, I couldn't sleep all night. I was just furious. Uh, nah, look, let's face it. It's 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 like signing Mbappe, you know. It's just such good news. Um, it just guarantees us five years of winning Premier Leagues. Nah, I'm kidding. I'm not stupid. I'm not going to jinx myself. But nah, look, he's done so much for the club. And everyone loves him. The guy will have a statue outside of Anfield. I can't be, you know, I can't say much more. Yeah, and who's going to pay for that statue, though, considering half the uh, population of Liverpool is on Centrelink? Um, good question. <laughs> uh, Everton fans? I don't know. <laughs> oh, jeez. 
Yeah, no, it's not a good sign to see Klopp sign five years if you're um, a neutral or a United fan. But it's a huge signing for Liverpool. Um, he's, yeah, he's absolute class. Probably the best Premier League manager at the moment. So, um, speaking of Premier League management, there's a headline that just came out where uh, apparently Arsenal chiefs have left Arteta's house, and that's the chief executive of Arsenal and the managing director of Arsenal have been at Arteta's house and they left at around 1am. They were there for apparently two hours. What does that tell you, Luke? Um, Arteta's wife makes a good cuppa. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> um, nah, look, it's... I, I don't. I don't. Obviously, Arteta's been under Pep for quite some time now. That's um, massive for his managerial resume. But yeah, I don't. I don't know if that's the right move. Um, obviously, he's got some history at the club. He would be passionate about the club. But yeah, look, there's no tangible results as a manager. It's just. It's like Ole signing for United. There was, you know, obviously he had that stint at Molde, but he went terribly at Cardiff it's just there's not enough proof in the pudding in my opinion uh, I don't know about you no yeah I'm sort of the same I don't know and with these ones you can just never pick him I mean I wouldn't know enough about Arteta's character and his um, you know his, his managerial style uh, to, to make a comment on this because he's untested but you know Pep Guardiola was untested he came through Barcelona's academy. I think he'd been retired for one or two seasons. And I think the first season, six trophies, or the first year, he had six trophies in his um, in his cabinet. So there's been a lot of managers who've been given that chance early and, and they've succeeded. Now, you know, is Arteta the worst choice? I don't think so. I, I think you could do a lot worse than Arteta. But yeah, really, you could do an I Emery. Yeah, yeah, pretty much you, you can. And I mean, who else? Let's be real. Um, there's Gracia, maybe from you know the guy who got sacked from Watford not too long ago. Hmm. Um, there's obviously Pochettino, but that's a that's probably never going to happen. Let's be real. That's the the, the most ridiculous. Obviously, the man was shedding tears last season getting Spurs into the Champions League final. He absolutely loves that club. It'd be crazy for him to go to Arsenal. But uh, what would you do? Look, I mean, right now, if you were the manager of Arsenal, so if you were the managing director of Arsenal, who would you sign? Oh, it's so tough. You know what? Just sign Ange Postacoglu. For all our Aussie fans, even though we don't have any fans, um, you know, similar pedigree to Arsene Wenger. He's won the J-League. Um, he's coach the Socceroos in terms of someone who's more deserving of the, of the role at Arsenal Angie's definitely look it's never going to happen but if you're well, going to don't waste risk, our time and talk about it mate like honestly some of us <laughs> have to go to sleep yeah so you know yeah, obviously I need to go to bed because I'm just <laughs> making stupid claims I don't hallucinate <laughs> I, I, look what do you think Honestly, I don't see many options out there. I reckon Ancelotti needs some time to build a good team. He'll need to clear out half of that squad because they're rubbish. Um, and whether mm. Arsenal going to give him that time, I don't know. 
um, you know, do you risk it? It, it? It's it's really tricky because you either risk it with Arteta and maybe get some fantastic results, but then you're equally risking it with Ancelotti because, um, you know, he's proven, but he's proven with a good squad and yeah. money, um, and I'm, he needs time as well. So Arteta might be the guy who can get it done a lot quicker because he's younger and he's got new thoughts and it's really, really, really tricky. Um, the good thing for me is I don't have to give a shit about it because, <laughs> you know, I'm not an Arsenal fan. I'm one and number two. No one listens to this podcast anyway. So. <laughs> um, and that's look, that's pretty much all the time we've got. I know we said we're going to be like half an hour, but we've gone a little bit over. Not that there's anyone listening. <laughs> no, like, no, we're wasting anyone's time. So. Yeah, no one gives a shit. Except so. our own. <laughs> But, um, Lukey, thanks a lot for your time, man. I appreciate you being on the show for the very first time. And we'll do it again next week. But hopefully next week we'll tweak up some of the stuff, make it a little bit more interesting. We'll probably throw in a little bit more humor. Um, and we'll definitely take out uh, professional indemnity insurance so that we don't get sued by uh, a scout, you know, the Scousers Corporation. Or well, the general footballing community. Oh, mate, the general footballing community wouldn't listen to us because they realise we're a bunch of wankers. But, um, you know, Scousers will probably be listening to us on their AM radios right now because <laughs> that's all we have time for. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And look, Thank you. If you want to make sure that we don't get cancelled, go on GoFundMe, send us some money, and uh, we look forward to chatting to you next week. Thank you very much. Have a good night or a good afternoon, or a good morning, whenever you want to hear us. This is a podcast. Goodbye.